as I get to my one year anniversary in two weeks of doing this show, I'm continuing to bring you great guests, and I have another one today. One of them didn't show up, so we got me instead. I'm filling in for the great guest. <laughs> next. <laughs> you are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, breaking into. That's right, kids. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on Netflix. It's the Luke Cage theme song. That's right. I love this song. The song's the bomb. Oh my god, that's it's show. so good. The tone of the show, everything is just like completely New York harmony. Uh, hi, this is Breaking Into, <laughs> and I'm your host James Law Jr. We already started talking already about comics. This is the TV show. Um, thank you for uh, watching us today. I have a great guest for you guys. Um, he is uh, he does so many different things. He's been on the show before. He's done so many different things, but today we're going to specifically talk to him about. Comics. Oh, and cool! He, and he actually has two new comics out um, through for, through Marvel, Solo and Mosaic. We talk both of those, and just much more. What he thinks about the comic world, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, comic fans alike. Jeffrey Thorne. Hi, folks. How are you, sir? Hello, sir. Thank yeah, you for I, having me back. I love that song. I still love that show. That show. Oh my god. How are you feeling show. about the show? How are you feeling? You about know it? what? I'm glad of it. I, I like it. Uh, I've not quite got to the end because I keep having work to do. So I'm on like episode. <laughs> What are they, 13? Yeah, they So 13. I'm on episode like eight okay. or nine. Okay. And I'm loving it. I mean, yeah, yeah. if I'm actually angry, I have to get pulled away to yeah. do work and make a living. But um, the days of me binging straight through entire series are yeah, sadly over. I me too. Uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. I think, I think it's fantastic. We're seeing a lot of performers, especially those, those black ladies that otherwise would not get seen. Maybe they can get seen a lot more now because they're on an international stage. Um, you know, we did break... Netflix to watch that show. Yes, so somebody saw all of those performances. I yeah. hope Hollywood took note. Because um, Alfie Woodard's working it out. Well, I mean, she we always to know, play. We know, we yeah. always know that already. Yeah, when you buy the Howard there, you fire the gun, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But like everybody else, just there's yeah. not a weak link. There's no dud. There's no like, la, 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 clunk. There's yeah. none of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's beautiful. It, it's got a whole lot of meta stuff going on, the history of black people in yes. Uh, in in the in the U.S. and in specifically in New York is played out in that show. I don't know yeah. if everyone recognizes that. Um, I'm the what do you go? The stage in the club is giving me life every time I see a performer. Yeah. I'm just like, do you all not realize who's up there? <laughs> yes. What is like people are like? Why are you screaming? I'm like, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. I love that you said that. All that I completely agree with. Um, Whoopi Goldberg said uh, I saw an interview. She talked about um, seeing. Lieutenant Uhura on TV, Michelle Nichols, and she said what it taught her was, because up until that point in the 60s, there were no black folks in the future. Well, we not expect to live that long. <laughs> so, yeah, so I loved her statement. That when she saw her, it showed her that black folks will continue to thrive and move on. Right. So my question to you, Congressman, in general of that is, because <laughs> okay, you go. are a guy who will, this is Black Hollywood Live, folks, and you, here we go. and you speak your mind, which I love. I always speak my mind. I do, and I love it. Um, why is diversity important in comics? Um, hmm. I, well, one, I'd like us to retire the word diversity. Okay. Um, it is, inclusion is, in, is uh, important everywhere. Um, it is important in comics because different voices, just from commerce point of view, let's forget about morality. In terms of people who buy stuff, it might be a good idea to try to attract other people than just that core aging group of people in, the, in terms of comics, which has had a stranglehold on the medium, or at least on what 
what most people perceive as the medium of comics, which is superheroes, essentially, a very small group of people, relatively small group of people, uh, has had a stranglehold on what comics are considered good, what gets to be presented. Um, there's almost always a, some version of backlash when anything new is tried. It doesn't have to have a a social, uh, you know, real world component. It could just be like, I don't know, let's let's uh, make Batman a woman. Like, right. I don't personally have a problem with that. Let's see what the writer does with it. You know, if it sticks, that's called commerce, kids. If it sticks, it's because people are buying it. Let people keep buying it. And if that lets out a smaller number of people, right? If a small minority of the audience says, yeah, not for me. I wanted Batman to be Batman because it's right there in the title. And he's, he can't be a Chinese woman. He's got to be a white man because he's Batman. Don't you understand how it's been? If, that, if, if the really successful Chinese Batwoman is outselling uh, the traditional white Batman, see a traditional white Batman because this is commerce. Um, the downside of that, of course, is that same stranglehold is held um, in the way of if something brand new comes out and people just look at it and sort of see the cover, don't look at the, don't even bother to pick it up and look inside it, that thing can get destroyed. And then like 10 years later, someone will find an old trade paperback or something like that and go, why didn't we love this at the time? And I'm like, because you're morons. That's why. That's exactly why. I I know your parents didn't tell you you're morons. (laughs) Because because, because there are, as we're seeing now Mm -hmm. with, you know, Luke Cage, Black Panther, all these other things, there are black superheroes and black characters that have been for uh, for years and that were either lesser known or just didn't get taken off in Hollywood like some of the others. Sure, sure. They've been around for a long time, right? Uh, I mean, many have. Um, uh, There's Luke Cage. There's obviously the Black Panther. Uh, on, on the DC side, there's John Stewart, the Green Lantern, who, frankly, most of the human beings on Earth who knew what a Green Lantern was were introduced to Green Lantern because of the Black Green Lantern on the Justice League show. Somebody over there decided to erase all that. <laughs> I don't know who you was, but that was a mistake. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, so there's that. Um, DC really doesn't have the same number. Yeah. To choose from, Vixen is an excellent oh, DC black uh, superhero. If y'all ever want to do a live action show, hook a brother up. I okay, can, I can run that show for you. You can do it. You can do it. Um, but um, on the whole, they have not leaned into that. I consider DC Comics essentially to be the Republican Party of comics. Prior to Donald Trump, just regular Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 And Marvel's yeah, very much a Democratic Party yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, uh, we go into a whole lecture about why Stan Lee chose to make Marvel that way. Yeah. Um, it was also a, a point of commerce. It was not like I'm down with the Freedom Riders and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. which isn't saying anything negative about Stan no, at all. No, he was no, a good no. businessman. He saw what DC was doing and they had a lock on the market. You weren't going to compete with DC by doing your version of DC. Mm-hmm. But by linking Marvel to pop culture, aggressively linking Marvel comics in the 60s to pop culture, they used to call them pop art comics. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um, by definition, that means you're going to have more black people, you're going to have more women in more prominent roles. Um, the world that way they live in, like they don't have Metropolis, they have the actual New York. Yeah. So those guys lived in New York. Almost the entire founders of of Marvel, the artists and the writers, all lived in New York City. So they would look out their window and see what you see when you look out the window in Manhattan yeah. or wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. a cross section of of humanity. And so even in the backgrounds of those early books, you'll see black people and Asian people and Jewish That's people right. and all that stuff. And no one was making a political point; they were just drawing it, yeah. right? Um, I so. Like that. Just as is, just, like, just what it is. Whereas the DC comics of exactly the same era pictured a, a white a white universe with occasional inclusion, if the story required it, uh, of a non-white 
person. So you're going to a place where you're going to talk about race relations. All of a sudden, Mal Duncan is here to to hip you to street wisdom, you know, or you want to have a conversation about race relations. And all of a sudden, John Stewart is here to go, what about the black people? <laughs> right. But yeah. on the whole, like if you look at the original Legion of Superheroes, all the old, you know, 19, the sort of campier versions of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, they almost never interacted with people who weren't white. Wow. Almost never. Like, by, by ratio comparison, almost never. And it wasn't like someone was sitting there. Well, actually, some of y'all were. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll talk about the whole shadow last controversy yes. some other time. <laughs> but um, DC's game plan basically said, this is what America's doing. We're not interested in rocking that boat. Uh, southern, our southern states don't want to see any black... Uh, don't want to see any black superheroic beings. It's certainly not on a regular basis. Yeah. So we're not going to have that. Got it. Marvel was like, um, we were born in New York City, and everyone knows what New York City looks like. Yes. So that's the end of that story. Yeah. Uh, and fast forward to the present. So now Marvel, uh, in its extended, this is just my opinion, by the way. This isn't some big plan I'm in on. <laughs> Kevin Feige does not know my name. <laughs> or if he does, he isn't calling me, yeah, which is worse. Yeah, I hope he up. doesn't know my name. <laughs> um, but um, yep. uh, in the present day, Marvel has a wider canvas, a wider uh, uh a wider rainbow of threads to choose from. And they have a lot. Like some of these characters that are becoming prominent now would have been considered B or C listers wow. uh, from comic book purposes. Like fr- fans of comics, when Marvel announced we're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy motion wow. picture, people were like, what? I remember that. I was like, like who, why would... I mean, I'm, we know who they are, but... yeah, You know, America doesn't know who any of the... Okay! <laughs> you know, so... It was a hit. Right, and it was a smash hit, but yeah. part of it was because it leans into what people, I hope, will just start calling inclusion. I'm so sick of the word diversity. I like that. I can do that. I like um, that. Because um, so, it, yeah. it was funny when um, when they did decide to do the reboot of Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. they cast Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, and people lost their minds. They went crazy. But here's the thing. I'm going to be brother and sister. What's going on? What's going on? Right, I crazy. am not a... Uh, well, I don't like the phrase social justice warrior for two reasons. Okay. One, why wouldn't you be a social justice warrior? Isn't the entire point of the right. United States to fight the war for social justice? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> right. But people made an insult of it, so let's put that off to the okay. side. But... So I'm not that guy. I'm not like standing on the thing going, you know, black forever. I'm, I'm just like, I'm an American. I'm yeah, an old school, here. regular Sesame Street American. Right. Um, with that in mind, uh, inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. What were you saying? What did you, what did you ask me? Michael B. Jordan. Beginning oh, Michael B. Jordan being, being Johnny Storm. Here's the deal. Here's the way I look at it as a writer. Okay. I, I, I'm not holding anyone else to this. This is how I look at it. Any character that can be described as all American can be played by any American ethnicity. The end. Okay. Oh, my, so podcast is they're taking the mic and dropping it on the ground. Right. Yes. The Black Panther, for all you racists who keep going, well, if we're going to have this, then why can't we have a white Black Panther? The entire point of the Black Panther is he's an African yeah, king. Right, yes. Okay. So, no, you can't have a white Black Panther. You could conceivably have a Arab Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. You kind of almost do right now. Because yeah. uh, oh, yeah, she's an yeah, Israeli, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Uh, so within the logical boundaries of what that character could plausibly be, the phrase all-American, Peter Parker, is a kid from Queens. That's it. He's a boy from Queens. Right. So any boy from Queens could conceivably, anyone could pull off, I, I was a boy from Queens, yeah, yeah. can place Peter Parker. Yeah. There are going to be bunches of people who get their noses out of joint about that, but I, I submit that those people don't actually understand the concept of the nation they claim that they live in. That's okay. I never thought of it that way until you just said that. I never thought of it that way before. I like that because everybody, people will start pulling the whole thing of, well, I am a 
purist. I am a You're comic a purist. purist. That's ridiculous. So do you think, Tim? Okay. Well, let me put it like this. Um, Cyclops shoots laser beams out of his eyes. You're fine with that. But if I make him Latin Cyclops, all of a sudden you lose your mind? You're a racist. You're a racist. You're a racist. That makes, sense. That, makes, that, makes, that actually makes sense now. The way you say that totally right. makes sense to me. And there are many characters, for instance, and this will get some people on the other side angry, I think it was a mistake to make Heimdall black in the Thor movies. Now that they've explained what they're doing, that those aren't gods, yeah. they're aliens that people took to be gods, uh, you get some wiggle room. But in fact, Heimdall, a Norse deity, should be white. Just yeah. like when we saw, what's that movie, Gods of Egypt, and uh, none of them were black oh, or yeah, Arab? Yeah that, yeah, that was a weird one. Just like that, yeah, I was like, they mm-hmm. should have all been black or Arab. Yes, yes. Heimdall and all the other Norse gods should be Caucasian. Yeah. I, that's my own view. Now, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have a plausible explanation for why that isn't yeah. the case. Totally works. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. But on the whole, uh, the changing of the ethnicities of the storms in... Um, and by the way, people lost their minds about uh, uh, Sue Storm in the first round of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of Fantastic yeah. Four movies. What's that lady that the actress I'm blanking on her name right now. I'm blanking on her um, name. She's somebody. She's somebody. Terrible, she said she's somebody. She's, she's somebody. She's swinging a billion dollar bet. Yeah, she's yeah, definitely. I'm, 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 but everyone yeah. knows who I'm talking about. And yeah. everyone lost their minds because she yeah. wasn't white enough. Yeah. Um, and, they, and, and the filmmakers went so far as to make her a blonde version of herself yeah, to right. sort of appease that people. And I'm like, she's an all-American. Both Johnny and Sue are all-American yeah. characters. Any all-American person can play them. Ben, on the other hand, has been established as being a Jewish American. Oh, that's right. So even though he's a big orange rock monster, when he devolves back down to normal, unless you can plausibly explain why a, 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 a brown person is Jewish, and yeah. there are some. Yeah, there are some, yeah. It seems like it'd be a thing on the thing from my point of view, yeah. but yeah. Huh, the thing on the thing? Yeah, on like on the thing! I didn't even do I like that on that. purpose. I like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when he devolves back, he has to be a, young, uh, a youngish Jewish man. Yeah. Okay, that's, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And then, so I think that people get their noses out of joint about ethnicity sometimes because life is so tense right now yeah, yeah. and they're just ready for like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you I know, get, I get why'd it. you do that? How come that? Yeah. You know, everything has to have a political standpoint, everything is taken through a political lens. Uh, sometimes there isn't one and you're imposing it, mm-hmm. sometimes there is one and yeah. you missed it. Yep. That's true. You know? Like um, so from my point of view, just as my little writing self, it's very, very simple. I just write human beings. Now, speaking of that, and hopefully we'll show a picture of this. Uh, Mosaic is out now. <laughs> um, anti-hero, a latent inhuman, Nora Sackett. Yeah, baby. Drawn, drawn by Carrie Randolph. Make sure I mention that. Carrie's the boy. And, and Emilio Lopez is the colorist, and okay. he really should be mentioned because okay, they are a team, okay. and they make an amazing team. Okay, they well, I mean, if you look at the cover alone, it's, like, it's a great, I love that cover. Yeah, that's both of them. Well, the cover is Stuart Eminent. That is okay. not Kari. The, the right side is Kari and, yeah. and Emilio. I don't know if the audience can see that, but um, I'm pointing into nothing. Yeah, that's like, fine. What is he pointing yeah, at? Yeah, the podcast is just pointing. You look on, you look on the page. Whatever. I have the covers right. on there. It's on the page. Yeah, um, yeah. so uh, Morris, um, it's interesting. I don't know anything about sports. I made him a basketball player. I saw that, yes. Um, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, sure. and so I've been interested in reading the articles and all the assessments about who, which basketball player I'm like skewering oh, when I do funny. it. And I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. To, yeah. if, if they don't make a Wheaties commercial, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> yeah, and even yeah, that yeah, is yeah. just, oh, he must be an athlete. Yeah, 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 I don't follow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I, my idea of an athlete is Misty Copeland. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Like okay that, when yes, I think yes, athlete, I think yes, Misty yes. Copeland. Oh, or Serena Williams. Is, That's yes. the athlete I can instantly tag. LeBron James, I love you, baby. No idea what position you play. 
people call you King James. That's great. Right. That's about the extent of my knowledge of LeBron James. Uh, same with Kobe Bryant, which whose name has also come up. I'm sure. Not targeting Kobe. Nope. Don't know a damn thing That's about Kobe. So funny. Uh, I don't follow basketball. I can play basketball, but I don't follow I don't it. Follow I don't yeah. follow I don't follow the NFL. But what I do know a little bit about is celebrity culture. And the celebrity culture around superstars of any kind in entertainment. Uh, creates a, can create a certain kind of negative mindset of which I have been privy for most of my adult life. I have seen this sort of person yeah. off and on my entire adult life. I don't like them, um, but I try to understand how a person could become that way. And that was sort of the begin, beginning of Mosaic. Um, what, what could, how would you get that way? And then what would need to happen to you to realize you were an idiot about how life works? So, we have Morris, and he is a, everything you would want to be. He's a perfect athletic specimen. He's not stupid. He's, he's quite bright, in fact. He's got the perfect hot girlfriend. Um, she's a pop star. He's a top athlete. They're a power couple. Everyone wants to be them or sleep with them. And they know it, and they flex it at you, because why wouldn't they, yeah. right? Yeah. And as long as you've got something to back it up with when your teammates are yelling at you, well, you act like this. Like, well, what were you doing before I showed up? Nothing. And everything's changed since I showed up. Mm-hmm. One plus one, man. Yeah, Sorry. That's right. That's I mean, right. it's not nice to say it out loud, yeah, but, yeah, but you, you're in my face right now. Right. So, right. Yes. so I take that guy, and then I basically rip all that away from him. And the story is about a man who's used to every eye being on him, every door being open for him, every girl wanting to be with him, every everything he's ever wanted he basically gets because he's so good at this thing. And he's, he's used to being the center. And then I make him into somebody that no one can see, who's, who cannot influence anyone's life. He can't even really control his own life at first. He doesn't know what's happened to him. He's trying to figure it out. The one touchstone in his life has always been him and his dad. But he can't even get close to his dad. One, because he's invisible right now. Yeah. And the only way he can get next to him is to jump in the body of someone else, who his dad doesn't necessarily even know. And would you believe it anyway? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, I, I talked to Marvel about that. And they seem to like the idea of it. Um, it is a growth story, so I think some of the people making snap decisions about issue one. Okay. It's interesting what you think is going to happen, but yes. 98% of you are really not getting Ooh, it. Ooh, how funny. Okay. okay. <laughs> but that 2%, and I've already told you who you are, Okay, uh, you guys are on track. Okay. So, um, okay. I guess so, it's a growth story. I like that. So, so each issue, you'll start to see... Well, it isn't like or... that necessarily. I mean, it's a slow growth. The story okay. is not like how quickly can we turn Morris into a great okay. guy. Okay. Um, but on the other side of that, and I really have to commend Marvel about this because, um, one, this is not my day job, as you know. Yeah, um, because this folks, is, watch your other interview. He does right. a lot of stuff. Yeah, this is not my day yeah. job. This is yeah. my I can't believe I'm getting to do this yeah, job. I know, I know. Right? Oh my God, yeah. And so some of the stuff I pitch out, like I pitched a lot of things to Marvel to which they responded, that's insane, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay, you must be out of your mind. How did you get in here? <laughs> but um, but when we settled on Mosaic, I said, here's where I'd like to go with it. And uh, Nick Lowe and Axel Alonso were very, um, okay, we're with you. They were not necessarily like, okay, we're with you. Yeah, they were like, that's an interesting thing. We like to do interesting things. We're going to give you as enough rope as you can take. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with Mosaic, it is not what you guys, some of you guys seem to think. Okay. It's not going to be a slugfest every five minutes, okay. nor is he going to turn into an angel overnight. But he's also not a villain 
Okay. Right? People don't really break down into, you're evil! I'm good. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work yeah. like that. Yeah. Most of us are on the continuum. Well, that's why like he's an anti-hero. Like that, kind of, that kind of is a, a, a good description. He's a selfish of. person. He's yeah. a basically selfish person, but he's not a basically evil person. Yeah, yeah. So there will be times when he will do the thing that you would expect a heroic person to do. And there's going to be other times where it will be like, he's doing the thing that's good for Morris. And that's not always the same thing as doing the right thing. It's relatable. That's really relatable. I hope so. I I, I hope so. It is in some ways an experiment. Yeah. Uh, Not for me, because that's kind of what I write all the time. But um, for Marvel to do this with a black character, when they get so much pressure, where's our next black character? How come you guys don't have enough black characters? Where, you know, where are your black women? Where are your, where are your Chinese men? Where are your, you know, where's all that? Every time they put one out, there's like this crazy crowd of laser focus on it. And it's like, well, in that universe, of course we're going to make an error because someone in that crowd of millions yeah. is going to be like, well, he's speaking Cantonese. Yeah. Why, why would he speak Cantonese? Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And then the Marvel guys have to sit back and go and they look at the numbers yeah. and they're like, is it, is it feasible cost? Is it a cost-effective thing for us to keep producing this thing yeah. that this small number of people are buying and this small but vocal number of people are like, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. you know, ultimately, is it worth the headache? So I was like, are you guys sure? And they were like, yeah, we're sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so Mosaic is Morris's journey. Uh, the first arc will be five or six issues, okay. and it will culminate with several revelations about how the universe really works, which right. Morris has never really had to think about. Okay. And then we will deal with, if if the numbers stay up, it's always about numbers, mm-hmm. buy yeah. that book. Buy you guys, buy it. All you people who've been woofing about this, Marvel yeah. has been listening. I yeah. promise you, I used to be... Rephrase that. I am still one of the people who woofs about this. I'm not going to stop talking about no. it when it pops up. Right. Just because I'm employed by Marvel doesn't mean if Marvel does something that I think, you know, mm-hmm. falls into that original category. I don't want them backsliding. Yeah. I yeah. want them to keep going in this direction. So when they backslide, I'm going to step up yeah. and say all the same crap mm-hmm. I used to say before they hired me to do this job. But that said, there's an army of people out there who have been yelling and yelling and yelling for Marvel to do just this. Mm-hmm. Not because it's me, yeah. but anyone. Anyone. So they are. Yeah, they're listening. I can write, folks. I'm not some he guy can. just who just he came out write. of college and, no. and cashed in some favors. I can he actually can. do this. He can. So now another thing you're doing with them is Solo. We're gonna show a picture <laughs> of that one too. Solo. Um, and so that's another Marvel comic. The one man more on Terra. It's like a James Bourne, a K Solo. James Bourne. Petzler is Paco Diaz, cover art by Rob Lee- Liefeld. Mm-hmm. Writer is Jerry Duggan and you, I guess. Yes, I mean, yeah, Jerry asked forth. me to come in on it. Yeah, come um, on in. So talk about that one. Well, Jerry and I, we go back. Um, we when he was a he used to he used to um, work the counter at a comic book shop that I was a customer at, and we just be, fell into each other's orbits. Many years go by, um, and uh, this all this mosaic stuff started happening, whatever, and he was like, hey, I'm doing, I got a bunch of stuff on my plate, uh, I might not be able to handle this um, this solo spinoff that Marvel wants to do, because he was part of the Deadpool. Yes. Deadpool had his own spinoff book called Deadpool and the Mercs <laughs> yeah. for Money, um, whatever, um, yes. and uh, Solo was one of the Mercs for Money. And so that book did well enough that they're not only spinning solo, but slapstick and oh, no, okay. full killer. Um, and I think there's one more. Uh, they're going to get their own tries at ongoing books because okay. why not? Why right. Not? Yeah. So I, but my response was solo. Right. And he's like, why do you say it like that? And I'm like, solo. <laughs> right. And he's like, yeah. And I said, all right, well, he's kind of obscure. And I know he's got the little he's like, I know. But because he's obscure, we get to kind of do what we want. Yeah. Right. Sure, right. We can give him personality a backstory yeah. we can fill in so many blanks and we can tell it in whatever tone we yeah, want yeah and okay. i was like well okay 
Um, let me look at it. So I went back to my ridiculously giant comic book collection and pulled out all my. I'm ones. sure. Okay, first let's stop for a second. I'm sure your comic collection. My brother Jr. has one. I'm I have, sure. I have thirty thousand plus comic Jeez. books. Crackers, um, cheese, and so, crackers. And only, like, it was like Indiana Jones in the in the Well of Souls. Like, where are those books? Throw me the idol. And you found it. Uh huh. Oh, I have. I have. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I love it. I love, um, I love so it. I looked at them, and they were kind of thin. They were made in the '90s, whatever. So we had a lot of empty room. So Jerry and I just sat down at a, a restaurant we like, and over about four hours, we banged out five issues, uh, plot wise, and then um, sit down to writing. I like and, that. I like that. Uh, Paco can draw his ass off. <laughs> and uh, again, this one is, it's just light. It's just fun. It is an action movie. It's kind of like a slightly lighter version of like Rogue Nation or Mr. Okay. and Mrs. Smith or okay. something okay. like that. That with more humor in it. Yeah. Right? Um, Solo's, we didn't create this, but he was created with Solo, the one man yeah. war on terror. Right? So that's still in the title. But our Solo is kind of like the guy who. All right, normally I'm in a war, one man war on terror, but I still got to eat. Yes. And I got this ex-girlfriend I had a baby with that I got to help support. So I got to take these these random gigs. Yeah. So um, this is like life, of, like life. Like, yeah, funny how that worked that out. It works out for all of us. Right. Right? I got to take random gigs and things. Yeah, so right, this is funny. just one of those random gigs that like ends up um, some people are some alien guns have been showing up all over the world, changing the balance of power. Uh, terrorists have them. And uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is undercover, and he's like, look, I think I'm getting caught here. I need extraction. But um, Dum Dum Dugan, who runs this part of S.H.I.E.L.D., is like, well, I don't want eyes on it if we're going to fail at this mission. So let me get a freelancer who's expendable go in and get my guy out. Yeah. Seems very simple. Just go in yeah, and well, get him out. And there happens, but of course. Solo is kind of one of those guys who is like he's actually really good. Let's say let's say it, on a scale of one to ten, he's a nine point six, but he thinks he's an eleven. Oh, right, like yes. he really thinks yes. he's an eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so he just always gets in over his head, and then sometimes he gets out by the skin of his teeth, sometimes by luck. Um, he has an ex partner who is also the mother of his child, who is actually better at his job than he is, but she retired. Okay, right. And unlike a lot of other people who retire in the movies where they go, and then this is my last job. Or, yes. And then they pulled me back to the old. Yes. Katita's out. Yes. She's happy with her baby. She got a little pile of money she made when she was a merc. Okay. Right? She's good. Yeah. But she's really good. So yeah. sometimes when he gets into a scrape, he'll give her a quick call like, hey, remember that time in Budapest where yeah. all those zombies were after yeah. us? Remember what we did? Because I, I, I think that was all you, wasn't it? They're like always that. all me. They're always all I like me. That. Right? So that's their relationship. And it's really like she's the grown-up and he's still trying to run around being a kid, trying to be a kid. And so at some point she gets exasperated with him. But um, there's a couple of fixes that Katita gives him. And he does them. And you're just like... I almost want to watch the Katita book, you know, right. but she's just not, she's never going to not be a normal person anymore. Okay. She, like you could do flashback books with Katita. Oh yeah, it's good, yeah. But the idea is that if um, uh, Natasha Romanoff, Silver Sable, Katita, yeah. Yeah. that there's a crowd of like hard ass chicks oh, in sure. the Marvel universe, yeah. Misty Knight, Colleen yeah. Wing, they all like, I see you. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you. But Kat's the one who jumped out. She's yeah. just like, I've done with all that. I just yeah. want to have my boy and live my life. Yeah. I'm cool with, with, with cooking. I love it. Yeah. So, it's, it's all relatable. It's, to me, it's all relatable to like real life. I mean, I think Marvel's, I, I have to give full disclosure. Um, because of editorial reasons, I stopped reading DC Comics a few years ago. They, yeah. made a, they made a couple of editorial choices that took the line in a particular direction and nothing against them. Millions of people love them. 
not saying anything, you know, that's wrong with it. But for me, I was like, all right, I'm out. So can't speak on that. But I will say this about Marvel Comics. When they work well, it's because of the original vision tapping in as closely to what real people go through, right? Like, it has to be relatable in some basic, basic way, like a heart-to-heart kind of soul-to-soul kind of way. And I think those books that they put out that are sort of just about superpowers, they fail. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's really any kind of genre fiction, ultimately. I agree. Um, it has to actually be about something. Um, there's a big thing years ago, which is on a side note, because comic books and soap operas have big followings. Um, they're like sister cousins to each other. They work the same. They do. And and remember years ago on Days of Our Lives, Uh-oh. when they possessed Marlena by the devil, it's a major storyline. <laughs> no, they did not. Oh, it, went, it was crazy. She, she was, on daytime TV, they had great special effects. She was levitating. They would do anything. Everything. So, but it was, but it's, it's a storyline to this day divides the soap universe. Oh, really? Like, people Love were like, I'm not having it. that. They hated it. Right. She was speaking in tongues. She was doing well, all this stuff. When we were kids, wasn't there one where there was like an underground empire? Yeah. Or something? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, but here's the thing. But, but they said, <laughs> for what, why it worked for me and a lot of us who did like it, he kept saying it was rooted, because you said something that reminded me of that. It was rooted, it was a love story mm-hmm. between Marlena and Father John. That was the love story. Right. And evil came in. Right. So all the outrageous stuff in her eyes turned yellow. That's the like, wrapping paper. Exactly. Well, so when you said that, I was like, that's what it is. The, the, it, the middle story was like, it was a love story. Well, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a perfect yes, example. So. If you idiots think that that's about a girl running around beating up vampires, you really need to go back and do exactly. a Exactly. Because that's not what that exactly. show's about. No, it's not. Right. So, not, so yeah. that's, what, that's what Solo is. Um, you know, you're supposed to be like super trumpet positive about everything, but I know how comic book fans are. Yeah. So starting anything new... Um, I'm sure for you to deal with that. It's a difficult thing. I was amazed that Marvel said yes to Mosaic. I'm amazed that they put put, um, the amount of oomph they've put into Solo. Uh, Whether they do well or not is kind of not my problem. Right. All I have to do is write really well. Uh, Paco is drawing Solo amazingly. Uh, Kari and Emilio are killing it on on Mosaic. Yeah. Uh, I'm... Like I said, this is not my this is not my day job. This is yippee. I get to do this job. Yeah. So when I sit down to write, I'm just like, oh man, I'm having a ball, yeah. uh, and I'm doing my best. So at the end of the day, if either of the books fail, or if one of them fails and the other one doesn't, or if it only goes twelve instead of the ninety that they want, mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I'm going to put out the best work I can. I think the I think based on what I'm seeing from certainly from Kari and. Uh, from Amelia, they are definitely like this is going to be their marquee book. Like they're like this is how this is what we do, y'all. Um, and Paco, I haven't met him. He's not in this country, okay. but it, it's I'm watching him begin to like flex. Yeah. And so that and the fun part from a writer point of view is like I generally work with my partner Todd Harris on our independent comics, so we already know how each other yeah. thinks. Yeah. It's very easy. A lot of shorthand. Yeah. Um, with new with new artists, especially ones that aren't in the same city where you can't drop by the house and go, no, 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 you know, yeah. well, what were you trying to do with you know like that? They can't come by and ask me yeah. either, right? Um, you kind of have to start to get each other's rhythm based on how you see them interpreting your scripts and seeing what their strengths are, what you think their strengths are, what they have fun drawing. Uh, that's a, for me anyway, as a as a somewhat of an illustrator. Uh, I right, right. I don't like to just go draw it, right? I try to I, even in the way I write the scripts. I'm like, this is kind of what I'm going for. If you can't show this, it's not important because generally they'll come up with a better angle or a, or or shot progression. That you that you pictured in your head, and it's right, but it's not what you thought. And I think some art, some writers can get a little, 
nose out of joint about that. And I'm like, as long as it's not actually changing the story, as long as it's giving the emphasis to the things that need to have emphasis, why am I not letting this amazingly talented person or, or duo uh, do their thing? Isn't that going to make the book look better? So right. Kari and Emilio are definitely flexing. I'm giving them, now that I see what Kari seems to really enjoy drawing, I'm, I'm tilting the book slightly different than what yeah. I would have done with another artist yeah. for, his, for his purposes. Uh, and somewhat with Paco as well. Uh, I have Paco dressed the hell out of people with big guns fighting other large numbers <laughs> of people with big guns. So we're going to be seeing some of that. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and it's just really, I, I can't say anything negative about any of it. Um, I just hope the fans will. It's a lot of money. Um, comic books don't cost 25 cents anymore. Nope. So, um, you know, if it's a difference, frankly, if you're choosing between my book and somebody else's book, that book will be there. Give my book the shot. Okay. Yeah. And we'll end it on that. My, I just want to tell you between you and <laughs> Rob Armstrong, Anthony Montgomery, you guys are doing such great work in the illustrative and writing and Anthony graphic. Great. He's and great. He's my buddy. And I just, and I just, was miles away. He's a book called Miles Away. Right miles now. Away is great. He's yes. great. Anthony's and great. I've had a chance to interview him. So I just, I, I mean, you guys are teaching me so much stuff. I'm just so proud to see these black men that are in this field. People are black. You can be all you guys out there who want to draw, want to write, want to do comics and graphic novels. You can. You can do it. You really can. I think. I think also. I don't know about. I don't know about everyone else. Uh, but my journey has basically been trying to pay rent. Um, I mean, people laugh sometimes when I say that. But yeah, part of the reason I real. have su- such a wide kind of cross section of kinds of work that I do is that I'm not rich. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's a difference. You know, sometimes that five or six hundred dollars for a novella for a small corp company that isn't going to pay me tens of thousands of dollars for actually slightly more work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need that 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to write that novella. And um, sometimes I've worked for free because I know on the resume it's going to look great when someone later down the yes. line reads it. Yes. You know, so free free and free are not the same. I agree. With right? As long as you're getting something you want in exchange, yeah. it's not free. I agree. It's that it's those companies that are like, well, it's just for exposure. And I'm like, but you're not Marvel Comics. Yeah, so, exactly. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. How, how big is that exposure really going to be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I would I could do a whole seminar on what, what versions of free are acceptable yeah. and which ones aren't. Me too. I know. But uh, at the end of the day, from people who want to do this, since this is uh, Black Hollywood Live and breaking mm-hmm. in type stuff mm-hmm. and all that, it is... Um, it's not just get in where you fit in, but say yes to things that you might not have the, let's say there's 10 skills to do the job and you only have eight of them. Say yes anyway. You can pick up that last I agree. Two, I agree with you on that. Right? Uh, worst case scenario, that particular person doesn't hire you again, but you still will have learned a lot and got paid. Best case scenario, you learn you're really good at it already, didn't know. Mm-hmm. That person's like, damn, I got that guy cheap. Let me pay him a slight bit more, bring him back again. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's pretty much the description of my whole career. That la- that second one is yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I got I got a lot for nothing, almost nothing. Let's pay him what he's worth next time. You know, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to write. You can yeah. write novels. You can write comics. You can write music. You can write TV. You can write mm-hmm. plays. You can write. You can combine them like Lin Manuel. Um, that dude. That 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 crazy talent. Yeah, dude. that dude. But that's yeah, so point. he had in the Heights and Hamilton. Whatever. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. I only few, did two things in my life. A few little things. He Just did a couple life. of things. Yeah, that's all. But the other thing is that I, th- I see on the web a lot that people are asking for permission, and I understand that that they they form these little groups of people, and then basically they're always asking each other questions of like is it okay if i write a book and i do something like this or what would it be like if blah blah, blah? And, and my response is just write it just go do it 
right? right. There's always an example of someone who already did it, first of all. Yeah. Go, if you think your language is obscure, <laughs> go and try and read Ulysses. Yeah. Okay. Right. Or, right. right. Or right. go and read a Clockwork Orange if <laughs> right. Ulysses is too hard for you, which it will be because it's freaking Ulysses. It is hard. But yeah. and, and don't even mess with Finnegan's Wake. Okay. Finnegan's but wake. well, actually do, but yeah. It's, it's great writing, but the point is that it's dense packed, it's very specific, and yet it's considered a classic. Uh, of literature yeah. there's no real rules except finish the story right that's right just finish it finish, just it, finish it put it out maybe people and, and also currently there are people who really didn't like mosaic before it even showed up just off what they thought the concept <sighs> was okay but there's also a, a huge number of people who are like oh man can't wait to see this who's right both yeah. of them yeah both right Right. It's not my job to worry about that. It's not your job as a writer to worry about that. It's your job to do your best that you can do at that time, at that day, for that price. Right. Or for no price if you're just a pure right. art type yeah, of writer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a commercial artist, so I always kind of attach a, a yeah. price to everything. I know that's sad, but whatever. It's just true. Uh, I'm just being real with okay. y'all. Like, I'm just telling y'all what's up. We, there's no Oprah sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> there's no I mean, Tyler Perry sitting here. We, we need right. to make money. We, I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to eat up in here. <laughs> yes. but, um, but really... Really, there are no rules, guys. There really are no rules. Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut wrote at least one book. Was it Slapstick? It was one of those. It doesn't matter. But he had chapters that were like, chapter five, period. Chapter six, you know. Okay. Like, really, Kurt? Yeah. Let's, let's go down with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, there are no rules. There, yeah. It's just whatever. Yes. It's a great, and, and by the way, it's a great book. Yeah. So, so tell people on that camera where they can actually find you, talk to you more about your stuff. Okay. You can find me at jeffreythorn.com. You can find me on Facebook uh, at Dreamnasium. Uh, I sort of had a Twitter, uh, I have a Twitter presence, but <laughs> enter at your own risk. Yes. You uh, uh, I have a medium. I'm on medium. Also Game of Thorns. Um, and, you know, on the streets. I'm on the streets, man. I'm always in the streets. I'm approachable in the streets. <laughs> And that's, did, he just, did he just say the streets? I'm, I'm, I'm always. That's where I stay at. That's where I be. I stay in those streets, man. That's he's, a, where, he's a real writer. That's where I get my knowledge is from. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't end anything in prepositions all the time. That's he does. What, he does not speak. Right? I, I'll be in them streets though. You know, I'll be up in them streets. <laughs> And mosaic and solo, <laughs> mosaic and I'm talking about professional right. mosaic, mosaic and solo, and solo are ongoing out. from Marvel. Yes. Your local comic book shop online at Comixology. If you don't want to buy hard copies, you can get the uh, digital. the digital versions. Also at Amazon, I presume at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Haven't checked. I'm sure. Um, really, just Google Jeff Thorne and Mosaic and Marvel. You'll find, you'll find it. it. You'll find it. And of course, you can follow us on our Breaking Into page. Where I actually post pictures. And stuff on there of each of the comics on there. And like us while you're there, while you're at it. Go to Black Hollywood Live while you're there. Black Hollywood Live, go to iTunes, go to YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe and you can find all of my episodes on here. I will see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. Yay! Thank you. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The thing, but basically, the views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.